Welcome back to the Holy Questions podcast. I'm Michael Sainum. And this is Father Gerard Alba. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here too. And I'm happy you're all here again. That's always a good sign. Or if you're new, welcome. Or if you're new, welcome. Um, One of the things we wanted to talk about today uh, is hospitality. That's been something that's been coming up a lot in our work, ministry, home life. Uh, But I think even with this podcast, uh, we want it to be a, a hospitable space. And we'll talk about that a little more. But yeah, like what does it mean? What does it mean to be hospitable? Yeah, yeah. And how does hospitality and the spiritual life overlap? Um, uh, that human and spiritual reality. So, you sent a great quote from Henry Nouwen, who we both love. Yes. Uh, and actually, I had a friend of Henry Nouwen contact me via my blog. And uh, anyways, that's a side conversation. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Is, I was nice. like, what? You knew him? Like, knew him for 30 years. Yeah. Cool. Anyways. Yeah. So I've always loved his work. I know you've taught a, a book or two on him. Yeah. Return of the Prodigal Son, I think. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's a very popular one. And then I remember Wounded Healer. I remember reading Wounded Healer when I was like 24. And mm. it was like, whoa. So I don't have to be perfect to be in ministry. <laughs> you know? Like, I've got, I can bring my wounds, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Jesus as a wounded healer and ministers as... Wounded Healers was kind of a revolutionary idea for me. Sure. And actually, that's, you know, uh, that when I, um, Michael has hospitality written in bold letters in, uh, with the paper right in front of me. I made a script. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. And uh, anyway, but the, um, that remind yeah, the, the word that comes to my mind reading is like hospital or hospice. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, that, that does, I was like, oh yeah, the, I can come, uh, yeah, as I am, yeah, wounded, broken, and I'm gonna be taken care of here, you know. So, yeah, that's Amen. a good image of yeah hospitality. And when we all take a podcast trip to Italy, we're gonna Ooh. go to Siena and we're gonna visit the Ooh. first hospital that was ever created wow. that popped up on the Pilgrims' Trail, basically, because wow. all these pilgrims were arriving in Siena from on the Via Francigena, coming from Northern Europe. And they were all sick, and they were all tired, and they needed some place to rest. So Siena, hospitals, mm. banking, the Palio. It's an 800-year-old horse race. Right. Anyways. Yeah. Wow. We're getting off on a tangent again, folks. Do you believe it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you want to read this quote? You want me to read it? You can read it. Okay. This is a quote from Henry Nouwen on hospitality. Hospitality means primarily the creation of a free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend instead of an enemy. Hospitality is not to change people, but to offer them space where change can take place. It is not to bring men and women over to our side, but to offer freedom not disturbed by dividing lines. The paradox of hospitality is that it wants to create emptiness, not a fearful emptiness, but a friendly emptiness, where strangers can enter and discover themselves as created free, free to sing their own songs, speak their own languages, dance their own dances, free also to leave and follow their own vocations. Hospitality is not a subtle invitation to adore the lifestyle of the host, but the gift of a chance for the guest to find his own. Boom. If I was holding my mic, I'd drop it. (laughs) But I'm not. It's on a stand. <laughs> and 
That would be so hospitable to our that listeners. That would not be very loud. <laughs> uh, but our, our wonderful audio mixer, Chris Duke, who's also in the room. We're going to get him a, a mic eventually, folks. Um, he, would, he would make it hospitable. He would turn the volumes down. But uh, as I was mentioning, we want this to be a hospitable podcast, um, and we want to have some interaction. We're hoping eventually to have some uh, guests on as well. But um, we do have uh, an email set up if you have questions about anything in the life of faith, and we will do our best to answer them, and some we'll answer on the podcast if we think it'll be a great conversation. So um, our email is holyquestionspodcast at gmail.com. So all one word, holyquestionspodcast at gmail.com. I'll put that in the show notes, and I think it's also on the podcast description. So we'd love to hear from you. And if you have constructive criticism about the podcast, we'd welcome that as well. Most constructive. Definitely. That's right. Yeah. We can use it to build something. We can build something. We're, we're excited. We're off to the races. So, Okay. So, uh, but we don't have any questions yet, so we're going to talk about hospitality and kind of creating hospitable spaces. And one thing we were talking about um, before the show is uh, like hospitable spaces in our spiritual journey, spaces like in this uh, Henry Nouwen quote that were uh, friendly emptinesses, you know, where we could enter Mm -hmm. and and we could write, we could uh, free to sing their own songs, kind of find your song, find your voice. Um, uh, find your vocation, and and once you did, you could follow it in yeah. freedom. Um, and uh, as I considered that, I thought of when I was at Loyola Chicago. I thought of all the mentors, you know, who had an open office door for me to come in, and it was kind of a friendly emptiness. Like, I think I want to do this because my freshman year, I was like, I was going to be a park ranger. I wanted, but I didn't want to study forestry. <laughs> I wanted to study philosophy and psychology and then just go out into the woods and kind of think about everything. <laughs> that was kind of what, and then I read into park rangering and it's, it's really not a lot it's of not, that. No, yeah. you really should be a professional and know how to tend the forest and the, <laughs> and the animals that live there. It wasn't for, um, you want to be a visitor rather than yeah, 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 the caretaker. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So they, they didn't have, you know, my own Walden pond. Was it, what wasn't waiting for me? Um, so I, I chose a different route and, and but I think, um, gosh, especially when you're in your twenties, it's just, I, I heard somewhere it called the odyssey years where mm. you really, it's almost kind of an extended adolescence now in, in our culture um, that wasn't right. true in previous generations. And so in some ways that's a luxury, but it's just the reality. You have the freedom to search around, to try things out, to say, this is for me, this isn't for me. But I think also um, when you think about spirituality, you know, um, it used to be you sort of inherited the faith that you were born into and that was your faith. That was part of your identity. Right. Yeah. But since everybody's kind of searching for their identity, part of that is their their spiritual identity and how uh, what religion, if if a religion, kind of fits into their life. Um, but for me, those friendly emptinesses became a place where I could see faith wasn't just part of the buffet, right? Faith was keeping the buffet hot. <laughs> That's an extended metaphor, but uh, but it was it was it was something that unified um, my whole life, right? It wasn't sure. just like a a side dish, like oh, and I'll also be Catholic, <laughs> you know. It was it was integral to 
living an authentic life as a, a person searching for wholeness? Yeah, I think that's, I think in the beginning for me, that, that's what it felt like a side dish, like a, in, in your words, you know, like using that metaphor at first. Um, but la- later on, I realized like, oh, that's just where it's popping up, you know? Yeah. And then, then realizing like, oh, that's just the spring where it's coming from and realizing, oh no, that, that water is right be- beneath me, you know? It actually like and yeah and yeah the surface I'm I'm on um, yeah there's there's this yeah living water underneath that's carrying it you know that's um, and then once understanding that I'm like oh then then yeah it's realizing that oh yeah faith covers every aspect of of my life and if I allow it to be then that 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 little spring of living water can can be in every part of my life too i i thought it was just only here i can drink from it yeah but now i can drink from that you yeah. know everywhere yeah yeah and it becomes um it becomes a little less i think when you're first considering it it's kind of safer to have it as a side dish you know it's kind of safe sure. yeah, like it, yeah. it feels like okay this is a it's not going to take over and i don't want anybody to be like oh no the, you know the, the side dish has become the main course or whatever but it, it becomes more than just another object or another part of your life and instead it becomes something that sort of uh, grounds you steadies you animates you in, in all aspects of your life but part of that um, that friendly emptiness is just considering it like considering what it looks like what it means um, um, so how so how did those spaces do that for you so you're in office you're was yeah, you know, so well, so? I think, I think, yeah, I think uh, I had mentors who would let me ask the questions and sometimes they were in structured ways mm-hmm. and sometimes they were unstructured, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of like, and then what was fun is when I got into working at Loyola, mm-hmm. like I created that space for students, right? Mm-hmm. Like there was a, always a famous time when pre-med majors would uh, fail organic chemistry and they realized <laughs> they weren't going to be doctors. Yes, um, that's true. At, at least I, not in this the, many, at least not in the sense that they thought they were. Right. And so I worked in an office that was, it was kind of a vocations office, but it was in a broader sense of, you know, finding your, um, your vocation, whether that's the single life, married life, but also your career. And a lot of people just were devastated, you know, when they failed organic chemistry and they weren't going to be a surgeon or a physician. And, um, some of them find, found their vocation in, in the medical field, but it was different, but it was that space of, okay, my plan has run out. And this was my space. I, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. Um, my plan that I kind of had set up had failed. And now I'm looking at the world and there's thousands of options for a career. And I don't know what I'm good at. I've only painted houses and worked in a sandwich shop. And I don't know what gives me joy, right? So those spaces created the freedom to just say, well, try something out, you know? Yeah. Um, but then even deeper when it comes to the spiritual life, which will encompass that career, uh, vocational, single married life aspect, um, the space was even more intentional and it became even safer almost because kind of the boundaries were hot. Like, you know, you'd have face sharing, but you wouldn't share beyond um, your experience of the scripture, right? You wouldn't have crosstalk and you would have have confidentiality. Um, And... 
it created an emptiness where I could explore, you could play, you could experiment, but you could also just ask questions hmm. and you could kind of come to grips with your vulnerability. The fact that you didn't have the answers to all the questions, you know, um, and that's a really beautiful thing. Cause I think that's where, you know, God has entered the chat, right? Like, like, like when I get to the end of my knowing and I get to unknowing, um, that's when I'm open to the revelation God has in store for me or the, the new thing that God has planned for my life. Right. Um, or, or, or that what you thought you knew is actually wasn't quite it, right? Yeah. Like the experience of like your yeah. world just, your world just, you know, it's turned upside down as yeah. the expression yeah. goes. Like I thought it was this, but it's not, yeah, it wasn't so. Almost the same way that you're yeah. like, that brought you to those rooms. You're yeah. like, as you mentioned, you're like, I'm, I thought it was, I was going to be a lawyer, but, but you yeah. know, yeah, or, or a forestry major. Or, well, and I remember I had one mentor and I'm going to say her name, Cam Helkowski. She was a what, teacher. What? Shout out. Shout out. Uh, she, I remember, had this thing where she taught that, um, um, I, I forget what language it was, but the symbol for crisis was also the symbol for opportunity. And it's, it's, it's uh, Chinese. It's, yes. two, it's, okay. two, ca- it's yeah. two characters yeah. that come yeah. together. Yeah. One, yeah. And she, and I still look at it like that. Like yeah. I still, when crisis happens, I, I still see opportunity. So when those crises would happen, I don't know what I'm doing. Even a crisis of faith, like mm-hmm. the image I had of God is not equipped to handle the reality I'm experiencing, you know? Um, right. Yeah. That's an opportunity to go deeper. Right. Like, and I still... That's, I, part of, yeah. Yeah. That's part of the gift of doubt, right? Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, doubt does that, if we allow it to be. Yeah. 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 An image that we had last time was that, yeah, uh, not a closed door, but, you know, but an open yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, it's always, it's always open. And I think hospitality does that. There's an openness, right? The emptiness is an openness to, to something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know this in, in my in my own story. Um, what really led me to to God was, um, yeah, was when I yeah felt kind of fell away from from the faith, um, and for the first time I found I found myself um, in in a relationship that I was dating um, an an atheist slash agnostic girl, and uh, in the past I I would not have considered you know I was like okay. Yeah, Catholic or Christian, you know, uh, that's, but, but yeah, in this point in my life, that wasn't the case. And um, there was a sense of freedom there because before I was always trying to be a good Christian boyfriend, you know, there's yeah. like something like that that was working there. I wasn't really full of being fully me because I was putting up a front. Um, but then uh, with, with her, um, it was like, I was just being exactly me. There was no like, you should be this way. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I was, I was able to do that. And in, in that space, um, yeah, I was able to re- receive uh, her love for me and God's love for me. In, because I'm like, oh, um, I, I couldn't receive it before because I was wearing a mask. Yeah. Yeah. And even if someone told me, I love you or God loves you, but you're like, yeah, you only really love this mask that I put yeah. on, you know? Um, but now in in that in that space, I could I could fully receive it, you know. Yeah, I could I really could be me and re- realize like, oh wow, you you do love me, Lord, you know. Um, and that yeah, so then I was able to re- to make a return 
uh, to him who had I had a false image of him because since I was I had a mask on um, it's as if like my mask had um, was had blurry like sockets or yeah, something like that yeah. so I wasn't really looking at God really I was yeah. looking at looking through him through this mask and then since I took that off I could I could see him in a way in a better you know yeah so with my you, own eyes yeah so you yeah. took off your mask and it was like God took off the mask you'd put on God. Yeah, exactly. The, yeah, 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 yeah. So I could see him, yeah, eye to eye, and you know, so, or actually, that's a beautiful, uh, re- the the word that comes to my mind right now is reconciliation, right? Yeah. So, um, someone had broken it down. I don't know if this is actually true, but it's like, um, like eyelash to eyelash, because the the cilia is like the like an eyelash, so like okay. reconciliation. It's like you've come together like that close, like. That oneness, you're reconciled, like eyelash to, to eyelash. So like you're looking at each other in that way. Yeah. Well, and then I've heard like uh, atonement. And again, I don't know if this is accurate, <laughs> right? But like uh, right. it's a riff it on nice. it. But it was like at at one mint. Like it's oh, becoming right. yeah. one yeah. again, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's it's not a, a penance for the sake of, I don't know, some form of masochism or something. It's to right. come back to a place of oneness and wholeness with God. Yeah. Yeah, oh, this is beautiful. I, and I do look back to the image of the hospitality earlier, that there is the purpose of it is that, that you, you're welcome as, as you are. And that and the being welcome in the space is that you can be whole again, you know, yeah. um, for, for you. And um, yeah, I think in the past, so um, when I would when I thought of evangelization, it was like, I'm here to convert this person, Yeah, you know? Um, and now looking back, like that was the wrong, yeah, a wrong way to think about it. Um, but rather it's like, no, that's what we're saying. Like, no, help them discover it, yeah, for themselves, you know, who, who they are um, and what they're made for. Or you mentioned Siena earlier, so St. Catherine of Siena. Yeah. Yeah, one of her famous quotes is that, yeah, if you are what you should be, you will set the whole world on fire, yeah. right? Because yeah. who you truly are is that you're the, the image of, of God. And that if you live from that place, from that true freedom, um, you, you'll do that, you know, yeah, yeah naturally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, the, the image now that's coming to my mind is, uh, from the story uh, of the the Good Samaritan, that's what comes to mind. Because again, this hospital, right? Yeah. Because so yeah. this Samaritan who is despised by um, by the Jews at the time, and so you have the priests, Levites are passing by, and everyone, yeah, seeing this, um, yeah, this um, this uh, this man who um, has been beaten up and left for dead on the side of the road. And all of them passing by, but then this Samaritan, this who um, the Jews didn't think much of, um, considered an enemy, um, actually picked up this man, put him on his own horse, takes him to a place of refuge or rest, probably a, a hospital of some sort, and he says, "Yeah, here's money. You know, please take care of him, give him the what what he needs, and if you need more, um, we'll I'll come back and pay for it. You know, again." And so that's. Like, that's a, a really beautiful image of of hospitality, too. Like, the, of this man, this man's heart. Yeah. Well, yeah, he saw this man not as an 
enemy, yeah. you know, in front of him, but someone well, to And that's to a love. great example of hospitality extending. It's not just inviting people into your space, right. but it's finding people in marginal spaces. And if they need help, right, you know, picking them up, right, binding them back together, taking care of them, you know, providing for their needs. And that, that's an all in response to a question to Jesus, right? The worst thing you can do is ask Jesus a question. He's going <laughs> to, he's not, he's going to go, he's going to keep going. Um, and eventually the question will be turned on you. But, um, and I, I say that in jest, you can ask Jesus questions, but uh, in the gospels, when somebody asks Jesus a question, it, he poses either a parable or a question back, right? So the question was, who is my neighbor? Basically, right. who do I have a responsibility for hospitality to? And Jesus responds with this story of, right, the, the Good Samaritan, that the Good Samaritan, not as culturally accepted, you know, within his culture, um, is the one who was most neighborly to someone who, who needed help. And it was because he saw his neighbor as outside his tribe, his, you know, his boundaries. Right. He went beyond the boundaries. Yeah, so it wasn't that who is my neighbor. It's the question later became, who is the good neighbor? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And that's good. I mean, bringing that parable in because I just think of we talk about hospitable spaces for the spiritual path, but none of this would be possible without you know God, God being hospitable to us. Amen. Right. That God delights in our freedom. I mean, I think that's Aquinas, right? That God delights in letting. Uh, the creatures be their own causes, like being yeah. being co-creators almost of uh, of their life, yeah. right? And giving them that responsibility. Um, but, you know, I just remember we've talked a lot about Jim Finley, and he's got a, a phrase where he talks about, you know, if on the count of three, God stopped loving you, right? Like one, right. two, three, you just wouldn't exist, right? right? So just right. like if you exist, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, God's sustaining you with God's loving presence at all moments. Another way that, uh, in terms of freedom, that I, I share to people know, God respects your freedom so much that yeah. he'd rather have you go to hell than to take it away, right? Like, that's how much he loves your freedom. He's like, no, I will never, ever take that away from you. That's part of the greatest good that you have. And I, and so just to, like, take... <laughs> as to take people by surprise that's yeah that, that's a yeah that's kind of a shock <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? What? when yeah. i hear that i'm like well wait a second <laughs> yeah but that's for another episode uh <laughs> but yeah that, that 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 god somehow delights in our freedom and i remember um you you talked about this when you talk about the mask that so much of our childhood faith can often be tied up in um like performing like, oh, for sure. Right? Like, I'm performing the the rites, the rituals, the attitudes I'm supposed to. And I think often in adolescence, it can be kind of a dark night of doubt experience because just as you're kind of moving from, I am, my identity is ground up in, is grounded in my family, my parents, you kind of have to, at least in this culture, you kind of have to create your own identity. And that's a, can be a painful process. It can be a liberating, but... It's, it can be kind of a stormy experience. But part of that is, as you grow into adulthood, you have to, in many ways, kind of claim your faith. And it has to be yours, right? The phrase, God has no grandchildren. Like, God right. wants, you are a child of God. Right. And to be a child of God, you, you can no longer get your faith just by way of your parents, you right. know? Even though parents are the first teachers of the faith. 
as you grow up, you have to, you have to find your own relationship with God. And I think some people reject the faith of their childhood, which is, is natural. It's a, it's a childhood faith. Um, and, uh, Childhood faith can often look like, um, I don't want to say like fairy tales, but it can, of, it can often have an image of God that doesn't square with your reality. And so right. part of that is taking that, like you said, phrased it really well, that mask off, taking those obstacles out and really seeing God looking at you, not looking at you through your parents' eyes, right. which is where you learn, like, right, which exactly. is an important image sure. of God, God yeah. as parent, that was Jesus's operative image god as father but you've got to experience it yourself and um you need like hospitable spaces to do that you need uh your own faith formation and you need you need to ask your own questions and and find your own answers in some ways you know that's one of the uh, one of the most freeing things uh that i for myself and in my own story is that when someone shared with me that there is no should in God, and I was like, "Are are you sure?" Oh man, <laughs> I had a I had a Jesuit spiritual director say that same thing. Yeah, I was like, "That tape of shoulds you have in your head isn't yeah. God." That's what he told me, and I was like, "Well, then who is it?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Whoa, yeah." The 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 I'm like, "What about the commandments?" Yeah. You know, like what 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 is that about? You know. Um, but yeah, one of the things now I've, yeah, that's been helpful to me is that uh, the commandments um, is, in many ways, yeah, it is, he is calling me to that. Um, and, but at the same time, again, we, we know because of, 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 of Christ our Savior coming, is that in many ways it's, it's a promise too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah, when God commands that to you, it's like, no, he, he, that's a promise. You can think of it as like, oh, I will be able to do that mm. if I if I remain yeah. in you, yeah. if I allow the Holy Spirit to be with me, you know? Then then I can live and love that yeah. way um, that you're asking me that seems incredibly impossible for me. And so, you know, we hear that oftentimes when Jesus is like, yeah, it's, yeah, for men it is impossible, but for God, you know, everything's possible. Yeah. Um, and you're like, what? What does that have to do? I'm so confused, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, it, yeah, it took me a while to really, I, have to, I had to wrestle with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, a, a place where I can wrestle, you know? Um, Israel. Yeah. Re- means wrestle with God. Wrestle right? with God. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's a hospitable place, you mm-hmm. know? And, and since for God to be hospitable to us, he has to allow us to make mistakes, Mm-hmm. and to ruin things mm-hmm. you know like yeah okay i guess you you broke that mm-hmm. it's okay but but it's free enough to like it's okay that you broke that we'll, we'll take care of it yeah you know like i we can heal that yeah you know um i think in my past i if i broke something like you know i'd freak out oh no i can't believe i did that god hates me because i broke this yeah. you know and he's like no that's just part of it he is a god who can heal all yeah. things yeah who can bring uh those who are dead to life again you know so that's actually how 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 free we are to to um to discover to find our own way Mm -hmm. you know to to learn from our mistakes hopefully 
um, or from the many, many mistakes because mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't learn from it the first time sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I love that about, yeah. about our God. Yeah. I'm just uh, I'm thinking of a lot of things, but those, the first thing that came to mind when you said the shoulds, I had a, I had another spiritual director say, "Don't shoot all over yourself," <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> because there is, you know, I think a certain, uh, you know, bend towards scrupulosity when you have that first encounter. Like I still remember, and I'm looking at a book, C.S. Lewis. I still remember reading C.S. Lewis in college. Mm. I was really searching, mm. and sort of the intellectual path was my mm-hmm. way that I went. And I still remember reading, finishing mere screw tape letters, and then mere Christianity. Oh, for sure. And if you are out there and you're thinking, does this even make sense or is this all fairy tale nonsense? I encourage you to read one or two of those, Mere Christianity, because uh, it is very reasonable and it's uh, just a, it helped me a lot. But then, so then like that groundwork was set. And then I remember I was at the Lake of the Ozarks on a boat and like the sun was setting and it was like, oh my God, like it's like the whole world came alive. It yeah. was like I saw the presence of the Creator mm. in the water, in the trees, mm-hmm. in the moon, in the stars, and it was like, I mean, it was overwhelming. Mm. Um, and then, like, trying to bring that back to like painting houses on Monday, you know, <laughs> it was like, what does this mean? Yeah, um, yeah. And and that's where kind of I think some like, okay, in order to have that experience again, I have to do this, this, this. It was this list of shoulds, and then you know, fast forward several years later, and. I did the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius uh, over nine months and got a spiritual director, which is so important, especially at those early stages. Well, at every stage, really, um, who could help me discern like, oh, no, actually, that's that's just baggage. Those shoulds, those are like, <laughs> that's not God. Those are actually obstacles right. to God right. because they're putting you into doubt, into despair, into a sense of like self-worthlessness. Right. And that's not the mark of Mm-hmm. the good spirit that's not the mark of the holy spirit that right. frees that liberates right. and i remember kind of going through that process drawing closer to christ and it was just like click it was like you came that i might have life and have it in abundance, abundance. you know and it was like that became the measuring stick it, it was like life in abundance yeah. um and um anyways then sifting how your own desires for greater life are are can be God's desires that it's not like God's wills over there and your wills here, right? That there's some overlap or here, or competition, yeah, or or in competition, right. right? It's it's oh, you actually want me. This is a holy desire, and uh, and uh, you want me to follow this, and it's actually it's deeper than my other desires, right? It's deeper than for me. It was like being a lawyer, having enough money, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, like having this, having that, having that kind of job security. Those were kind of shallow desires but then that deeper desire of i want you to follow me you know right. i want you to keep growing i want you to keep exploring i want you to be creative you know um, um that so that was abundant life uh yeah. experience there so and that's one thing i've i've come to accept and learn is that i don't know everything even about myself you don't i don't that i right now in this moment i'm like you know, I so in the past I would be like, if I if I want this right now, I'm like that must be that's exactly what I want forever. Mm-hmm. And knowing, looking back, I'm like that's not quite true. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm glad God didn't grant me what I asked yeah. him. You know? Because often you want to settle. 
Yes. And you want to say, okay, this is, let us build a tent up here, Lord, right? Yeah, the right, like, let's right, build a tent right. and just stay here because yeah. it's so beautiful. Yeah. And no, you're called a deeper transformation. And oftentimes it's what I wanted. It's actually, which is a means to an end. Yeah. So I'm like, I, the only way I can get this, Lord, is through this means. And that's actually, yeah, no, for God, that's not true. Yeah. You know? He's war, way more creative than me. Yes. And I made it only like this one path <laughs> yeah. alone. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. I can, there's, there's many ways to this. Yeah. That's not the only thing. And there's a better path for you that you can always have life in abundance, you know, as you, as you walk with me, you know. Yeah. So um, I think, yeah, I'm excited for what God will continue to reveal to me, you know, about, about myself, about my heart, about my, yeah. my desires. That's where the life of discipleship, it's never boring. You really don't know. Right. I mean, in, in a secure way, right. you don't know what's around the corner. You don't right. know what God's calling to you, what invitation the day will have for you yeah. to respond in love yeah. to the love you've received in God. Um, That's kind of the, the, what we talked about even you know, in our last podcast, that the, 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 you're, you're, in a, you're in a safe place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, if, if you are free and the God is with you the whole time, it's, it's good to be surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, I hated surprises in the past for mm-hmm. different things because I was like, I can't handle that or I won't be able to, you know, like it's going to be bad. But when, when I'm like, no, God is a good giver, mm-hmm. you know, and gives good gifts. Mm-hmm. And when I, once I trust that, then I'm like, oh, Ooh, I'm excited. You yeah. know, I'm excited for this. Even if it seems like in the, you know, to my eyes right now, it's not, it's not good. You yeah. know, the packaging looks like it's bad. Yeah. But when it, once I open it up, yeah. it's actually there's treasure. You yeah. know, or, or it might even there. be a crisis or a trial. Right. Yeah. But exactly. It'll be on the other side of it. It'll be in some way transformative, more clarifying. Right. Right. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you get to the other side of it, and you. You you don't want to do it again, but you're but you're like I'm. There's almost a gratitude for it that yeah. that um, the me that went through that trial or went on that journey, mm-hmm. it's a different me on the other side of it, and sure. I'm grateful that I've been transformed through that process. So in this spirit of hospitality, the um, the phrase has been helpful for me is uh, to to hold loosely, to hold loosely that like. Yeah, I'm I'm creating this. I'm holding this person or this idea, this plan, but I'm allowing it to still be itself, or mm-hmm. you know, for what God mm-hmm. may want it to be. So, and and I can let yeah, it can grow on its own. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not holding tight to my own ideas mm-hmm. of what it can be or should be. Right, that, sh- that should again, you know, that's there. <laughs> right, and yeah. and so, um, and then and and with my own self too, I have to hold. The, my own idea of who mm-hmm. I am, or I hold it loosely too. That actually, no, I, there's more to this too. Um, and, it, and if I do that, then I can create safe spaces within myself for other people. Mm-hmm. So when they when they come to me, wherever I am, whoever I ca- encounter, I can I can do that. I can hold them loosely. So because because my heart is doing that already. Mm-hmm. When whenever anything comes, my you know who yeah. I whoever or whatever I encounter, yeah. I'm holding them loosely, and then. Then and then I can let I can let myself be surprised, mm-hmm. you know, um, with what? Oh, wow! I never I didn't. Whoa! I never thought that was possible. Yeah. You know, I didn't think it would be that way. Yeah, yeah. And so 
that my joy multiplies too mm-hmm. when when I do that. And that in Ignatian spirituality is called detachment, right? And people think, oh, detachment, you're 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 catatonic or something. You're right. not you're not, not really feeling human if you're detached. You're, yeah, but right. it's it's really just not clinging. Right. It's it's letting go, yeah. but still being able to love. Right. You know, I I remember a wise, I think he was an anthropology professor, and he said something to the class in response to something during grad school, but it was basically like love and anxiety are two different things. And right. we were like, what? I mean, because it was like, no, when, when you're just worried about someone, you're not loving them. Right. You're clinging. Right. And love sets people free. Right. Right. So, yep. and so it kind of taught me like, okay, I can love someone or something and that doesn't mean I have to be worried about it. Yeah. I tell people planning and worrying are two different things too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's you know, good. that's yeah. a good one too. Yeah. 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 You can plan and not worry. Yeah. 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 But I think as you, as you approach God, you realize in prayer, you realize that God's love is not anxiety either. Like God isn't this clinging of like, right. you should do this. You have to be this, right? Because right. sometimes right. we put ourselves in the image of God. We make right. him idol. Like right. I'm clinging to everything, so God must be clinging and saying, if you don't get this right, there's going to be trouble or whatever. Right. But actually God is is love right? in the purest sense, right? Yeah. So, and he doesn't need us yeah 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 that's the uncaused cause right yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's how he can he can love unconditionally is that no i you can be you yeah and the world can be whatever and i will continually yeah yeah, pour out myself yeah yeah into creation god is good all the time believe it (laughs) amen well with with that would you like to close us in, in prayer Sure. Yeah, I've got one from uh, St. Anselm of Canterbury, folks. So, St. Anselm fans, let's hear from you. (laughs) All right. Oh, my God, teach my heart where and how to seek you, where and how to find you. You are my God, and you are my all, and I have never seen you. You have made me and remade me. You have bestowed on me all the good things I possess. Still, I do not know you. I have not yet done that for which I was made. Teach me to seek you. I cannot seek you unless you teach me or find you unless you show yourself to me. Let me seek you in my desire. Let me desire you in my seeking. Let me find you by loving you. Let me love you when I find you. Amen. Amen. In the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. God is good. All the time. Clickety-clack. Clickety-clack.